Well, I can't believe it, but we are almost to the end of 2023. And so this podcast episode is all about issues that I should consider before the end of the year. We're talking around topics of asset and debt issues, tax planning issues, insurance issues, estate planning, and cash flow. Uh, we've got a nice checklist for you as well, and, and Raiden will tell you how to get that. Yeah, I say this a couple of times during this particular episode of the podcast, but we do have an actual checklist. So if you want that, you can reach out to the office, call us, email us, schedule a call if you've got questions, and we'll send you this checklist just so you can have it there in front of you as you're going through the closeout of the year. Or if you're already into 2024, when you're listening to this, you can at least start planning for the year of 2024. So uh, if, by the way, just feel free to do that. No obligation to have a conversation with us just to, to be able to have that back and forth would be great. But before we get into this episode, we have a very quick disclosure. The information contained in this podcast is intended to provide general information only and not to be considered individualized advice. Different types of investments carry different levels of risk. As always, please contact your financial professional for advice appropriate to your situation. Enjoy the show. Welcome to the Secure Your Retirement Podcast. This is the place where high achieving professionals come to gain confidence on how to successfully navigate their transition into and life during retirement. There's no such thing as a passive retirement plan. To have a successful financial future, your plan must be actively managed. Each week, we will bring you action plans and expert interviews that will help you gain insights, learn fresh perspectives, and finally experience peace of mind about your retirement. Here to help you achieve your dream retirement and live the life you deserve are your hosts, certified financial planners, Raiden Stansel and Merce Tariq. Welcome to Secure Your Retirement. Cannot believe we are at this time of the year where we're doing the 2023, what issues or things should I consider before the end of the year? Uh, you know, it seems, seems like we just kicked off 2023 and here we are talking about the end of the year. Why we think this is so important is uh, every year, it's just nice to be able to have a checklist that you walk through and say, what is it that I need to make sure that I didn't forget? We try to do this at a point in time where if there is something, you can actually have time to take care of it and think through it. But even if you happen to have not listened to this episode and it's the first of the year, you can still go through many of the checklists here and uh, make sure that those things are still set up for 2024. Because much of what we're talking about is a couple things to close out 2023. And then there's a couple things to get us set up for a good 2024, kind of thinking through all those different options that we might need to think through. So what we're going to do is we're going to walk through this, this uh, what we have as a checklist. So I'm just going to tell you right up front, if you're listening to this and you'd like the full complete checklist, all you need to do is contact our office and we will share it with you uh, absolutely free, no cost to you. We'll just email you over the PDF of this and then you'll have your own very, very own checklist that you can go through. But we're going to give you the things that we think are important. So let's go ahead and start. And we're going to kind of start under this idea of assets and debt issues. All right. So the first thing uh, that we want to make sure we're taking a look at is unrealized investment losses in your taxable accounts, your taxable accounts or your brokerage accounts, where you can take advantage of uh, or losses. You also can get hit with capital gains in these types of accounts. But what we're saying here is that if you have any unrealized, that means you're holding a position, let's just call it Apple stock or or any other stock that is in a loss position, it's called tax loss harvesting, where you could 
you could sell that position, realize the loss and use that loss for a couple of different reasons. You could use it to offset a gain that's in the account or in a different account. Uh, you could use it to uh, realize a loss that can be used for against your ordinary income. We're limited to 3000 per year on that. Uh, or you could just bank some losses. If you know that you've got a future liquidation or something that's coming up, you can start building up losses because those losses do carry forward. So tax loss harvesting at the end of the year is a big thing. Yeah, I, I'd like to just speak on that a little bit too, just to make sure you, you got what Merce said there, just one other step, because it kind of ties into this other thing. If I've got capital gains that either I've got to take or I sold something that had a capital gain, what Merce just told you was you, you kind of get to erase a part of that if I have another position that has a loss to it. So really think about, I just did this with a client. Uh, we were talking it through. He had one position that had a long-term capital gain to it. And then we were able to sell that and offsets, uh, we would offset it by a loss. Now, here's the other thing is, let's say that you own that stock that you really love and you go, I don't really want to sell the stock. You could still do this strategy and after a period of time, go buy the stock back again and reset your basis. So we're not saying you got to get rid of the stock and never own it. You could buy it back after a period of time and still own the stock, but you got some tax benefit. All right, real quick, let's jump over here and talk about something that Merce and I talk about very uh, regularly, and that is required minimum distributions. A required minimum distribution is based on your age. Typically, for most people, it's the early 70s, and it can kind of vary based on what age uh, you be turned, uh, what, what year you were born. So I'm just going to go early 70s. Uh, if you don't know if you need a required minimum distribution, then check with uh, your financial advisor and ask or your tax planner and, it, and ask. But you want to make sure that's done, and we encourage you to get that done. You have to have that done before the end of the year. Now, here's another thing. If you inherited an IRA or a 401k, you automatically have required minimum distributions that you at least need to consider. Now, if you've inherited one recently, you're able to make that decision of taking it or not, but in 10 years, it has to be empty. So you may not have a required minimum distribution, but what you do have is a consideration. Does it make sense to take money out of that? You want to do that before the end of the year. All right, let's move on to tax planning. All right, tax planning. There's a, quite a few here that we're going to walk through because there's a lot of tax planning things that we want to be aware of at the end of the year, especially going into 2024. Uh, so do you expect income to increase in the future? And there are strategies that you can could consider if you do expect your income to be going up. Uh, one is to be um, maximizing your Roth and, and Roth 401k contributions going into the next year or even at, at, as we approach the end of the year, making sure that those are uh, those are maxed out. The Roth IRA is somewhere around 7,500, depending on your age. The Roth 401k is much significantly higher than that. So if you see your income going up in the future, then you want to take advantage of that uh, before it starts to go up. Um, and then if you're 59 and a half or above, you could consider accelerating your IRA withdrawals as you are in a lower tax bracket. So what that means is, let's say your income is 100,000 this year, but next year, for whatever reason, it could be 200,000. Well, it can make sense to withdraw some of your tax deferred money. If you're above the age, considered normal retirement, it can make sense to start withdrawing some or converting some of that as you're in a lower tax year. So that's just something to consider there. All right, we're gonna kind of jump over here to the uh, threshold tax brackets. Um, what we're talking about when we say threshold tax brackets, it's the amount of money that you make that's adjusted gross income that could put you into a higher tax bracket. 
or that could, uh, and for some folks, impact you when it comes to your Medicare payments, your surcharges. And so you want to kind of look at that and really why you want to look at that and kind of have a projection here. It kind of almost comes back to this idea. If I've got losses, I might be able to offset some of my income, or I might want to defer a little bit more money and not claim it as income. If I'm able to put that money over into a 401k or something to keep me below a certain threshold. So I'm going to say it this way, instead of us talking through all these thresholds, just realize that you need to kind of look and say, what, where are my brackets? Because of the way our tax code works, it does not affect you back to dollar one. It just affects you going forward on the, the top dollar. Just be aware that I need to know what my a, a potential adjusted gross income is so that I can I can manage that. So if you do not know what that is, I'm just going to say reach out to, again, your financial advisor or your tax advisor and just say, look, I, here's my projected income. Now, we, we do this with a lot of our clients where we're projecting what their income is going to be. So it might be if you're listening to this and it's too late to do anything, that's okay. Uh, not ideal, but at least let's start planning for 2024. And in 2024, we might have a better strategy to say, okay, what are we going to do in 2024 to not have a mistake on our income so that we make sure that we're thinking about this ahead of time. By the way, whatever your income is today on that Medicare issue is will affect you in two years. So you want to plan ahead if you're going to be turning 65 in a couple of years because your whatever you make now affects your Medicare surcharges in the future. So just keep that in mind. Really think about what is my taxable income going to be and uh, and plan around that. Yeah, I know that uh, on the on the Medicare Irma, um, I I know that I've talked to a few people and they've started getting those letters in the mail from so the Social Security Administration telling them whether or not they're going to have an Irma surcharge. So you don't want that to be a surprise. Pay attention to your your tax levels and understand where you may stand as far as a Medicare Irma surcharge and your tax brackets in general. Uh, the next topic is is if you're charitably inclined. So first, you got to answer the question, am I charitably inclined? Do I give to charity or do I not? Because what we're not trying to do is talk you into giving money away just to get a tax benefit. If you're already giving money away, well, there are some strategies for you. One that is very popular, we talk to our clients about it all the time. If you're above the age of 70 and a half, then you qualify for what is called a qualified charitable distribution. What that means is you can take money from your IRA and just think your, your pre-tax, your traditional IRA, typically any withdrawal that comes out of that bucket of money is going to be fully taxable. But if you are doing a qualified charitable distribution where the check is made directly to the charity and not to you, then you can get it uh, out of the IRA completely tax-free. Uh, it goes straight from the IRA to the charity of your choice as long as it's approved. And then you do you have no tax liability on that withdrawal. So pretty powerful strategy. Again, if you are charitably inclined. Uh, also, once you reach the age of required minimum distributions (RMDs), your 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 charitable distributions can account for what a, a portion of what your RMDs are. So, for example, if your RMD, your required minimum, is twenty thousand, and you give say ten thousand as a qualified charitable distribution it counts towards that. And so now you only have 10,000 left to pay taxes on as your required minimum distribution. So again, a pretty powerful strategy there. The other, when it comes to charitable giving is gonna be around this strategy called bunching contributions. 
uh, or setting up a donor advised fund. So a lot of people are in the position where because of how strong the standard deduction is for the tax for for your taxes, that a lot of us are in the place where we just take the standard deduction and we don't get really any other deductions on top of that. Uh, and especially if we are giving to charity, we're not really getting the full benefit of that unless we are itemizing. Bunching contributions can put you in a position to itemize and take advantage of of that of uh, your charitable giving in a in a in a calendar year. So again, for example, let's say that you give on average ten thousand dollars a year to a charity of your choosing. On average, well, ten thousand right now isn't going to give you the best deduction if you're married filing jointly because you're n- you're not above the standard deduction at this point. But what if you said that I'm going to take three years worth of contributions or three years worth of charitable giving, I'm going to do it. I'm going to front load it in calendar year 2023 into a donor advised fund, which we have a separate podcast on specifically what that is. But just imagine you're taking 30,000 from one bucket, putting it into a donor advised type of bucket. Now you get a $30,000 deduction, which puts you into a place where you can itemize and take advantage of that much better. Uh, And then you can now have the flexibility to give however you feel. You don't have to give all 30,000 out that year, but you got the tax deduction as if you gave out 30,000 in a year. So donor advised funds and qualified charitable distributions at the end of the year are a big topic for us right now. I hope that you are enjoying the show. By the way, if you are in or nearing retirement and are someone who wants to gain clarity on what questions you should be asking, learn what the biggest retirement myths are, and identify what you could be doing to achieve peace of mind for your retirement, get started today by requesting your complimentary video course, Four Steps to Secure Your Retirement. To access the course, simply visit pomwealth.net forward slash podcast. If you're new here or you haven't done this yet, This is definitely the first step to get started in applying these principles to your life. So head over to pomwealth.net forward slash podcast and check us out. All right. The other one topic here around this idea of tax planning is, uh, did you or will you, so we'll say it that way, did you in 2023 or will you in 2024 be receiving some kind of a windfall type of money? Now that could be an inheritance, that could be stock options, that could be uh, that you exercise. Um, that could be a lump sum payment of some sort. Um, it could have been a, a significant Roth conversion. The IRS expects that if you have this come in is that you need to look at and say, do I need to do some estimated tax payments on those? Because if I get that money and I don't, the IRS would say, hey, you knew you had this money. You knew you owed the taxes to us uh, and you didn't give us anything. So therefore, we're going to penalize you on that. And so if you don't want to get the penalty, then you, you go ahead and give them some estimated tax and say, okay, now, you know, we'll settle up. And usually if I do a, within a certain percentage, they don't give me a penalty because they said, at least I tried to come real close to that. So again, I'm going to come back. I've said this a couple of times. If you are looking at that and going, wait a minute, how do I run that? Because we have in our office an enrolled agent. She runs those projections all the time to let you know, hey, what should I be paying uh, you can reach out to us if you'd like, or anyone, a tax advisor or a financial advisor, and they should be able to help you run those those calculations. All right. The last one on our tax planning issues is, is if there have been any changes to your marital status. Now, this could be that you got married this year, or you got divorced, or you got divorced, or it could be, unfortunately, a scenario. And we happen to see this just because of the nature of our work that uh, uh, someone passed away, and you're going from being married to widowed. Right. In the 
in the world of taxes in our tax bracket system, married filing single and married filing jointly are two significantly different things. So you want to understand which one you, you are in currently, which one you may be going to if there is a marital status change, and what advantage or opportunities that you may be able to take uh, as you make that transition from year to year. So definitely something that you want to consult your tax advisor, your financial advisor with, uh, if you see that change coming up in your near future on either side of the the coin, if you're going up to married filing jointly, or, or if you're going down from married filing jointly to single, uh, big things to consider there. All right. We're going to talk a little bit now. You're getting close to the end of the year and you think, hey, I've actually got a little bit more money sitting in the bank than what I thought. I had a good year, uh, meaning could I save some more money? Um, one of the things I love, I do myself, is a HSA, a health savings account. Now, in order to do this, you've got to have a high deductible health insurance plan, which most employers offer today. If that is the case, uh, you are able to put in uh, $3,850 tax deferred or $7,750 as a family. So $3,850 as a single person, $7,750 if you are a family plan. Um, and then another extra thousand if you're over 55. So the beauty of this with an HSA is I can put the money in I can let it grow tax deferred, and then I can use it for medical needs without paying any tax on it. So it's like having my money go in tax deferred and getting tax-free access to it to pay for prescriptions, to pay for different items I need. And then if I keep it in there till 65, I can actually use it for retirement as well. But um, I, I just think this is such a great plan to be able to have it for future medical needs, uh, and, and it's just a super-duper tax-efficient uh, plan. The other is, is that if you've gotten down here and you're thinking, wait a minute, I didn't max out my 401k. Um, so you you might be able to catch that up. The maximum this year is $22,500 for you as an employee. And if you're 50 and over, you can put an extra $7,500 in there. So if you look at it and go, wait a minute, I didn't really max it out. I've got extra money there. Then go ahead and do that. I'm going to throw in one more uh, is if you are eligible. Uh, you can actually contribute to a Roth IRA, even if you've got a 401k. Uh, now that's not going to help you on taxes today. That's going to help you on taxes in the future because I put it into the Roth. I'm able to have it grow tax-free. The beauty of that is as well, is that I have access to that money if I were to need it. So even if it's an emergency fund that I need to pull the money back out, I have access to it if I, if I were to absolutely need it on the contribution part of that. All right. I think that's all I got on that. All right. And then we have the the 529 accounts. The 529 accounts are uh, really for college savings. Uh, so you may have one for your 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 kids, or you may be funding it or been thinking about funding one uh, for your grandkids. And the, the point I want to drive home here is that you can contribute. There isn't really a, a, a deadline or like an, uh, uh, an IRA contribution deadline or an amount or something like that. But there is a you can use your annual gift exclusion amount to fund a 529 without having to uh, basically follow the form that says you gave a very large gift out. So that annual exclusion exclusion amount is $17,000 a year per person. So you could use that to fund a child's or grandchild's 529 if that is something that you've been looking to do. Also, there's a strategy where if you need to get money out of your estate, you could do, uh, do that five times. So 17 times five, that equals 85,000 that you could do in one year, and it still go under that gift tax exclusion. 
uh, you definitely want to understand the details there. But if you're looking to contribute to a 529, just realize that there you can use some of those annual rules uh, to get the money in there for your for your kids or grandkids. All right. One uh, thing we're going to talk here about insurance. If you have met a deductible this year, so if you have a deductible plan and you've met your deductible, don't forget you, if there's something you need medically done, go ahead and try to get it in this year. Uh, because by doing so, I, I've already met my deductible, it'll be covered. And sometimes we might not think about it that way, because if I don't get it done now and I go into January, well, now I've got a new deductible. So just keep that in mind, manage that. And if you, again, if you're listening to this and you're in 2024 already, then at least think about it in there and kind of bunch those things together, because it's the way to deal with uh, making my health insurance work efficiently. I'll actually add one more to insurance. And depending on when this episode gets released, we may have missed it, but open enrollment for Medicare is a big thing in November and December. And so you always want to be evaluating your uh, Medicare uh, supplements and those things like that. Uh, we have a resource that can help someone evaluate what they have and give, give good comparables and help them understand if there's any advantages to switching. So make sure you pay attention to open enrollment because it is a limited window. All right. Estate planning real quick couple things here. We like to tell you every year, just use this, kind of use whatever you want to use, beginning of the year, end of the year, but review all of your beneficiary designations. Uh, sometimes things go and you think you know how it is. You want to make sure that the company has it the way you want it. Check it on your 401ks, check it on your IRAs. By the way, you can add beneficiaries to your brokerage account, your bank account, your savings account, and it makes it so much easier if anything were to ever occur. So make sure you've got those beneficiaries uh, listed there. Um, I don't know, Marsh. I think we might have hit everything. Yep. I think we've covered. Uh, obviously, this checklist is not exhaustive of every little thing that you need to do by the end of the year, but it's a good place to start to help you at least check some of the boxes to make sure you've at least thought about it as we approach uh, the end of the year. So um, uh, what else you got, Raiden? Yep, that's it. I, I was going to remind you one more time. We do have a blog written on this, but if you want the actual checklist, just contact our office. You can do that a couple of ways. You can call us, go to the website, pomwealth.net. You can go to the far right-hand corner and you can schedule a call if you got any questions, but we'll be glad to get this out to you so you can have your checklist and just kind of go through it detailed uh, out. But we thank you for listening. We hope to again have you with us next week. All right, everyone. That wraps up today's episode of the Secure Your Retirement Podcast. If you found value in today's episode, we would love nothing more than for you to head on over to iTunes and give us a five-star rating and a review. Be sure to take a screenshot of the review before you submit it, and we'll send you a special gift. Our book, Get Off the Retirement Roller Coaster. Just email morgan at pomwealth.net with a screenshot of the review to get your gift. Also, be sure to subscribe so you get notified of new episodes as they're released every week. And finally, please share our podcast with your favorite social network so more of your friends and family can benefit from this information. Always remember, you've worked hard to get where you are, and now you deserve to have a retirement that works hard for you.